I want to begin this morning with words of gratitude as we all cross this threshold together into the new year. Gratitude for the tremendous kavod, the tremendous honor that it is to stand on this bima with incredible colleagues and before this sacred and significant congregation. Words of gratitude for reaching as we also offer in Shehechianu this particular sacred moment in time with each of you. Each of us are travelers on the journey that has been the past year of our lives, and now we gather for this day, this day which is not actually Rosh Hashanah. I know we call it that, but in the Torah, today is called Yom Teruah, a day of hearing the blast of shofar, as we just so beautifully did, a day of waking from slumber, a day of stirring the soul. It is also called Yom Hazikaron, a day of remembering. As I stand before this holy congregation, I am thinking about these concepts, Zikaron and Truah, remembering and waking up. As I think about how it is that I came to stand here today. Prior to rabbinical school, I worked for a number of years as a street outreach worker with homeless and runaway youth. This meant that I spent about 20 hours a week on the streets of the Twin Cities. And yes, that included 25 degrees below zero in January. Trying to connect with and get needed resources to youth in crisis. I spent the rest of my time in a drop-in center where I did direct service case management to youth who came in looking for help. In other words, I spent nearly five years immersed in the lives of homeless young people. I loved that work. In fact, there was a time when I really saw it as my life's calling and strongly considered a career in social work. More than anything, I found those moments of deep connection with these young people to be transformational. It was work that enabled me to be of great service and learn a tremendous amount at the same time. At some point, however, I started to hear another call. One Sunday morning, I took a group of our teens to a botanical garden Knowing that most of these kids had been raised Christian, I wanted to create a kind of spiritual experience for them on a Sunday morning that I had hoped would be therapeutic. And so I designed a non-denominational reflection ritual for them that we did together while sitting next to a pond. It was the best day of work I had ever had. And it hit me. I needed to be doing spiritual work with people. As much as I loved the youth I served, I realized that I was not able to really work with the very thing that had been so transformational in my own story, Torah and Jewish community. And so it was by a pond with a group of homeless, primarily African-American and Christian teenagers that Torah came calling. Tikiyah. A few years later, I entered rabbinical school. This day, this Rosh Hashanah, is here to shock us awake. There are beautiful and soft sounds, and then there is the piercing blast of the shofar calling to each of us on our own particular journeys. That shofar is there to ask the question, Tikiyah, where have you been? Shivarim, who are you right now? Tikiyah what dream for the coming year might you offer up on this day? Who will you be? 
I am taken with this image of shofar, this soul-rousing and awakening call from a place beyond reason, speaking to that which we cannot quite rationalize. Today is about stirring the soul, about opening up hearts, and about love and God. Yom Truah a day of receiving heavenly noise. Are you listening? Is your heart open? Can you be present enough to look inward? Hineni, as Abraham said, Adonai, here I am. Today I would like to speak to you about what it means to hear that shofar blast in our lives, the moment of reflection and returning to self in which we find ourselves, and what that might mean for us as we consider this most holy of days. Our High Holy Day prayer book states, Nirasvani fechad mi pechad yoshav, trembling and afraid, I stand before the God of Israel. What does that mean? What are we supposed to be so afraid of? I know I am not going to get struck down by any power above, or at least I hope not. Rather, this line is an invitation. Bring your whole self here. Bring your whole truth here, uncensored and real. Consider on this Yom Truah, on this day of being awakened by blasting horns, was there a time that you found yourself in the wrong place? It could have been a job, a relationship, a city, or any other human circumstance. I'd like to invite you to hold your memories, or for some of us, an awareness of our present state, along with me, because this will be part of our premise today that sometimes, despite our very best intentions, the path we choose leads us to a place where we realize that we must forge ahead in an unexpected and different direction. There are times in our lives when the true ah, the blast of the shofar, is unexpected and a surprise, and this is both a beautiful and painful moment, particularly when it involves disappointing people who you have come to love and respect, people who, out of profound love, have a different map of your life in mind than the map you are starting to hear your heart sing. This is not a New Age concept. It is, in fact, a very old-school Jewish concept. It turns out that this story, the story of hearing a call and making a radical departure, is at the heart of the invention of our tradition. Our forefather Abraham made the courageous decision to set forth into uncharted territory, as we read about with the famous words, Lech lecha me'artsecha umimladetcha umibeta vicha. Go forth from your land, the place of your birth, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. We often focus on the first two words of this verse, Lech lecha, go forth. However, these words, Lech lecha, are followed by three references, not to where Abraham is going, but rather from where he is leaving. Me'artsecha, from your land. Mimoladetcha, from the place of your birth. Mibetavicha, from the house of your father. We know, of course, that Abraham went on to live an incredible life, that his going out, his sojourn, and radical spiritual break created an entirely new nomos, an entirely new universe of meaning that set into motion a brave, and I think we can say more ethical and evolved way of being human. And yet, right away, the Torah reminds us that this break, this leaving, this departure, it is wrought with emotion. From your land, from the place that you were born, from the house of your father, 
One does not require a great mental leap to begin to imagine what that decision might have been like as Abraham pondered his future. What did he say, for example, to his mother? And how did he decide to tell her what he was planning to do? Mom, thank you for all you've done. I've made a decision that is going to take me far away from you, perhaps forever. Did he lay awake at night, sleepless with fear and anxiety, as he became more and more certain of what he needed to do? And think about what it would mean to follow his heart. Did he weep as he thought of Artsecha, the land that he grew up on, the fields that he played in as a child that his children would never know? Did he have second thoughts as he sat in Beit Avicha, his father's house, with the family meals he would never taste again, the holidays he would no longer celebrate, or the gods he would no longer worship? Part of going forth to new adventures, part of taking action to chart a different course for one's life, also includes leaving that which is known. And this, as any of us who have ever done anything like this knows, is not easy. Even if leaving, even if that radical break from the past is utterly obvious as the right path forward, even if we can't possibly see any other way, there's still this business of leaving. And if we are good people with emotional intelligence who value things like loyalty and commitment, then this becomes that much harder. The story of Abraham teaches us not only the importance of lech lecha, the importance of going forth, but it also reminds us that we never do this in a vacuum. Whenever we go forth, we also come from. And what we come from is usually, among other things, a web of human relationships that, even if they are in certain ways fraught, are also relationships of significance. Have you ever had an Abraham moment? Where is this place in your life? Have you left that metaphorical, cradled, and comfortable land so that you might follow your heart? Is San Francisco not that very promised land for so many of us? Are you a parent that has watched or is watching children or grandchildren depart so that they might chase after big dreams? Have you or someone you loved reached a moment of true ah, a moment of radical realization? And with all of the excitement and sense of possibility these Abraham moments bring, do you also know the pain of leaving, even if for some there would also be real pain associated with stain? And what about the story we find in the book of Ruth? Rather than returning to her homeland after losing her husband and children, Ruth makes a bold decision and chooses to follow her mother-in-law Naomi as she declares, Ki el asher telchi elech uva asher talini alin amech ami ve'elohaich elohai ba'asher tamuti amut v'sham ekaver. Where you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there, I will be buried. In these words, Ruth declares this moment a break in time, her paths, her home, her community, her God. All the things that constitute a human life will be different. What is significant here is not only that Ruth makes this transition, but she declares it. It is that moment of truth-telling. It is her coming-out moment. And as Ruth tells her truth, I wonder, who is she talking to? To whom does she declare that her people, her home, her God, all of it is about to change? 
The obvious answer is her mother-in-law, Naomi. However, I like to think that she is talking to herself. She has to say out loud what she knows to be true, because part of this, this is part of making the transition. Anyone who has been through a major life change knows that the hardest conversation that you are going to have is the conversation that you will have with yourself. That moment of self-knowing, that moment when you acknowledge that for whatever reason a change has to happen is a moment that is filled to the brim with so much humanity. Hopefulness, regret, joy, fear, gratitude, uncertainty, anger, guilt. And despite all of this intense emotion, despite what can sometimes seem like great risk, we declare a new truth for our lives. We determine that we are in charge of our destiny and that this moment in time will be marked by our realizing our own incredible power to be in charge of our lives. When we get there, and only when we get there, it is at that point that we have reached our Ruth moment. This does not only happen from places of pain or torment. Sometimes when we feel in a profound way called to make great change in our lives, it is not from what is broken, but rather from an incredible, even intoxicating comfort. Imagine you were a prince in one of the world's most powerful empires. The Egyptian empire is at its peak, its golden age. The pyramid business is booming. Your life of wealth and power and success is guaranteed. And instead, you choose to head to the desert with a band of former slaves and the promise of security from a God you can't see. This is what we learn from Moses, our teacher. Moses is perhaps the most dramatic example of a person making a radical departure. Moses did not need to change the world. He was, after all, a prince of Egypt. And from what we know, life in the palace was good. But sometimes, great change involves risk and sacrifice. Moses was not only giving up his life of privilege, but after a mystical and transformative experience with a burning bush, he became willing to call himself a Jew. He did not have to do this, but he did. What follows for Moses is the very essence of Torah. Moses takes a risk which results in some amount of tension and conflict. He, along with his community, then enters a period of struggle and growth symbolized by 40 years of wandering in a desert. Wandering in search of truth, in search of God, in search of the promise of a future. But think about it. There was no promise. There was only a desert. A dry, rocky, lifeless, hot desert. And only after these huge events, after these moments of truth-telling and conflict, after his period of wandering and growth, only after this comes Torah, and eventually, for his people, a land of milk and honey. This is the bold assertion of Judaism, that our stories lead us to promise, that our sojourn has meaning, that our struggle has purpose. This is why we gather here today to mark a year to sanctify time itself. Life renews, a new day can be born. We have the promise of being able to begin again. We gather to hear the piercing sound of truah, and we think of the moments of waking up in our lives, moments in the past that we are here to tell about, or moments that remain in the future, 
that are only beginning to take shape in our hearts? What bold choices might you make in the year ahead? What bold moves will your children or grandchildren or other loved ones make that you will be invited to support? In what part of your life are you beginning to see that change is in order? Is there a metaphorical land that you love that perhaps it is time to say goodbye to? Is there a moment of truth with yourself where you declare like Ruth did that something is going to change? Can you find the certainty that Moses had, the certainty that beyond a sea, beyond the riptides and sharks, beyond the depths, lies an Eretz Chalavu Devash, a land flowing with milk and honey, a good land, a land of promise and renewal? Can you accept and believe that you are better off wandering in that desert than with Pharaoh's army? Can you choose to sojourn in that desert over a life enslaved to that which does not nourish your soul? Each of us lives with Abraham, Ruth, and Moses in our hearts. They help give us the courage to make bold and significant choices and to resist living according to the will of fear and hopelessness. That's what it means to live Jewishly. Rosh Hashanah calls out to us in sounds and blasts beyond human language. Tikiah, Shivarim, Truah. This new moment in time invites us to be in touch with our inner truths. Lishanatovati Kategu.